0: Hello, stranger. Do you like to read?
1: Read? What's happening? Am I dead?
0: I bet you like zombie books. I like food. Do you have food? You don't need food at dividedbyzerobooks.com. It's full of nutrient-rich science fiction.
1: Ugh, I'm stuck in an ad, aren't I?
0: Once I stop talking, reality will collapse until someone plays this ad again. This isn't the first time we've had this discussion, and it won't be the last. Hello, stranger. Do you like to read?
1: Hey, this is Derwin from the Blanket Ford, Deris Solitude, and with me today I have the Senior Medical Correspondent of the Dead President Society, Dr. Matt. How are you, Dr. Matt? Oh, I'm doing wonderful this morning. How are you? Oh, got plenty of coffee. Um, and today I wanted to get to know you as a person, get your life story a little bit, kind of why you became a doctor. So yeah. let's start there. Why did you become a doctor?
0: Well, the funny jokey answer is, is that I watched a lot of House growing up. So there I was like, go. "Hey, this looks like fun." And the real answer is is that I spent uh, a lot of time When I was an undergrad around a children's hospital, volunteering there, kind of trying to decide what I wanted to do with my life. I know I wanted to do something science-y, and then kind of the medical field, it kind of just spoke to me, kind of working with those kids in the hospital. It's like, okay, maybe I can do something to help uh, treat these kids and make them better. Um, So that's when I started investigating it. I went to Africa on a mission trip uh, where I was with a heart surgery team, and really liked doing that. So then got back that summer and then I applied to medical school, got in, and the rest is pretty much history.
1: That's fantastic. What part of Africa did you serve in? Kenya.
0: Kenya. Really rural Kenya. So it was three or four hours west of Nairobi, I think. Okay. It's a very like Bush hospital. They're small town that we went to. Kind of austere medicine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cool. We still had internet, so that was that was wild, but even back in twenty thirteen, but wasn't very fast. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So you volunteered in children's hospitals, you served people around the world, right? So you're already kind of a cool guy to begin with. (laughs) You're doing more than most of us. And so then you went to what medical school after that? Is that how that works?
0: Yep, then medical school and then I'm currently in residency not going to give away too much there but yeah almost done with my residency and after residency then i go into independent practice on my own so
1: what is the difference between medical school and residency right because i only know it from scrubs and right means jd got yelled at less
0: (laughs) pretty much yeah you're a little higher up on that food chain so you always um kind of the joke is you complain you pass your problems off to the lowest person on the food chain it's You're supposed to own up for your mistakes, but that's the joke. Um, We like to have some humor in medicine. Otherwise, the job gets really difficult, especially in this day and age.
1: Of course. Um, I mean, you know, from my own brief experience in the civilian medical sector, I remember we used to transport dead bodies in the back of an ambulance, and we went through a drive-thru one time, and we're asking this dead guy what he wants at Taco Bell, right? Because we're trying to normalize the idea of, holy shit, there is a dead guy on ice in the back.
0: So, right. So yeah. And I mean, if, if you don't do that, I mean, it gets really, that job gets really difficult and uh, it gets bleak. <laughs> it does get, it gets bleak very quickly. I can definitely agree with that. Um, so speaking
1: of bleak, how was March of 2020 for you?
0: Oh man. So I was, I was on a rotation that where I was inpatient. So I was working in the hospital, working on the wards, kind of like what JD and Scrubs was doing. Sure. So it was very interesting because we had seen the news about COVID in the month beforehand and it was a very hot topic of conversation. Was this going to be something that it's more confined to over in China and at that time in Europe as well? We were kind of hopeful that it would be, but I think in the back of all our heads, once it got out of China and into different countries in Europe, we knew it was coming. We didn't know how bad it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I think... The early reports out of China really put the fear of God into everybody, yeah. in a in a sense. And once it was mid March, that that was the week where the state that I lived in enacted their not lockdown procedure, sure. and it was a Monday into a Tuesday, if I remember correctly, and then everything just went quiet, if you will. Yeah, um, it was pretty drastic especially in the hospital people were afraid to come in they were afraid of the virus and they were afraid they were going to catch in the hospital in actuality the number of cases that we had in our local vicinity just because people don't travel that much where i live was quite low sure i think that was one of the things that people Because they didn't see the virus early on, they didn't see the effects that the lockdown has. Now, do I think the lockdowns actually saved us in the early part? I think they did. I think they minimized the spread of the virus initially in that first, like, three months when we were well and truly locked down that March, April, May. And then once things started loosening up, July, I think people were like, oh, it's not that bad. We didn't see it locally, especially a lot of these non- urban communities didn't really get hit all that hard with the first there they didn't really have a first wave yeah we had maybe four or five people at the hospital at any time but it really didn't we didn't see that impact that we would see later on and that's where i think kind of that idea of like we don't need to lock down we don't need to do any of this It didn't matter it's like yeah but we didn't really have a strict lockdown people were still going outside i mean other countries New Zealand they did a strict lockdown and yeah. they, they got they got control of that that sucker real fast also yeah. helps they're on an island too so there's like 5 million people in New Zealand yeah it's, oh man yeah <laughs> and we Americans we just don't like being told what to do like that's just something that's really ingrained in our culture that some other places they they don't have that sense of distrust in their government on all levels sure definitely yeah and and to like the yeah the way the
1: the constitution set up the federalist system the the dispersion of powers and the sort of like it's set up to where big changes happen slowly right mm-hmm. which is you know from like a constitutional scholar viewpoint good during times of normal governance right yes you should, mm-hmm. you know, like the populace should debate on things and figure it out. And, you know, especially a country of 350 million people. However, if there is a deadly virus ravaging the planet, we should, it doesn't we need, help.
0: We <laughs> need that strong central leadership to kind of coordinate a response. And that really didn't happen. No. And, I think that's yeah. what ha- and there wasn't that strong, they kind of just, the previous administration just left it up to the states. Yeah. And. I think that kind of set us up for you know, the winter of last year, and yeah, that was bad. Talk um, to me about the winter. So the winter—that's when we had our second wave. So sure, lockdowns had ended. It was getting close to the holiday season, so people were out traveling more.
1: And and um, for context, is it okay if I say that you're uh, you're in the American Midwest? Yes, that is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: and I think. What had happened was, especially kind of where I live in a rural area, they were listening to a lot of Facebook. Yeah. And they were going out and we saw a sizable exponential spike in our our cases. Yeah. And my understanding is, is that our hospital in the hospital system, so like we're part of like the university of pittsburgh medical center they have their main campus in pittsburgh sure but they also have they own hospitals around western pennsylvania sure so we're not the main campus for our hospital we're one of the your satellite campus satellite exactly yeah but we are a um we feed in from i think like four or five counties surrounding the area we were taking COVID patients and it got dramatically bad dramatically quickly it was to the point where multiple floors that were not COVID became COVID floors. Sure. I think at our peak, we, I think we're in the upper 90s, if I remember correctly, of COVID patients in our hospital, which was significantly more than some of the big city hospitals that were sitting in like 40s. But we we were never pushed for capacity at that time. Yeah. What's capacity? So... They came up with, every hospital, what they do is they come up with kind of their disaster plan. Their disaster plan is what they would do in case of they have scarce resources, whether that be ventilators, beds, oxygen supply, um, nursing staff, staffing shortages in general. They figured they could hold five, 600-ish patients at the worst at the hospital. That would be their maximum capacity that they could safely fit into the hospital without putting people outside into hallway rooms just because that's not safe for everybody yeah um because that's what was happening in like new delhi over the spring right Mm -hmm. right? yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and honestly that's what's happening now too but we'll get to that okay and caveat to that as well but we got up to 90-something. I think we hit our peak mid-December. Um, I think we were all very fearful of what was going to happen. Post-Thanksgiving, we saw a little spike. We were all afraid of what we were going to see post-Christmas. That was sure. the big everybody gets together. Um, we were very afraid that that spike would continue and it just would get worse. Thankfully, we didn't see that. It was the downtrend spiked up a, It spiked spiked a little bit but then it ended up coming down again and then and you're speaking about the american midwest right now correct american midwest yes okay i think i could broadly generalize that was kind of how it worked for most places if i remember correctly looking at all the data so came back down again we it was pretty bad i mean it was to the point where i mean we were swabbing everybody that was coming into the hospital sure at that point just because We didn't know who had been exposed, who hadn't been exposed. If you needed to be going to surgery, you had to get swabbed. If you needed to be intubated, you needed to be swabbed. Yeah. I remember there was one one patient, she had fallen. She suffered a a pretty devastating um, hemorrhage, which is a brain bleed. Yeah. Um, And they swabbed her because they needed to intubate her. Oh, no. Um, She turned out she was positive for the virus. And the family was devastated at that because they could not be with um, their relative at the time because they tested positive. Granted, I think the fall the COVID contributed to the fall and was the reason why she fell. Sure, Was it the direct cause of her death? No, but it's it would be a COVID it would be a COVID death. The COVID did cause her to fall. It did cause her to have the brain bleed. And just as an aside on the death certificates you actually there's it's not just one cause of death you you say cause of death it's like acute respiratory failure secondary pneumonia secondary to COVID-19 that's how that kind of works and in that case would be hemorrhage secondary to a fall secondary to COVID-19 so got it Thank you it's, for explaining that. Dr.
1: Facebook gets a little confused sometimes.
0: Yeah, Dr. Facebook, I think right now they're all like, oh, it's not COVID. It's pneumonia. No, it's COVID pneumonia. The pneumonia <laughs> has to be caused by something. So, yes, you, you got it, but you're trying to minimize the COVID, which is not, not appropriate.
1: No, <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I know from my own experience, like I, I just... I remember staying home for Christmas that year, and, you know, it's just me and my wife uh, at the house, and uh, it uh, sucked, right? Like, it reminded me of the Christmas I spent in Iraq, like, 10, 12 years ago, and I'm like, oh, this is sad, and bleak, and I miss my parents, <laughs> but, like, this is before the we were vaccinated, so I'm like, well, I don't want to, like, because, like, I kept hearing about people getting sick and dying from the, and this was January, right? Right, so I, was, mm-hmm. I was looking at the numbers in January, and I'm like, there's all these people that were dying, but they got sick, like, at the Christmas table, right? Like, at during the holidays, and so, wasn't, like, was, did that, am I right
0: on that, or? I mean, there most definitely was a spike at, like, the kind of the holidays. It wasn't nearly what the peak was. Okay. And we hit our peak about a week or two after Thanksgiving, which makes sense, but. Okay. Well, that's good. I guess I was it, wrong then. That's It wasn't. There was. Now, don't get me wrong. It kind of looked like um, kind of looked like a mountain. So, like, the mountain went up two sure. mountains together. So, there's a small little dip, small little valley, a second smaller mountain, and then it kind of trailed off again.
1: Sure, sure. And, like, you know, I'm uh, a layman, so I just look at the big chart on Google, and I just see, like, lines. And I'm like, that doesn't look good. And I'm sure that places like New York and Los Angeles are kind of skewing the averages want to
0: kind of disagree with like kind of please do New York New York New York especially they were hit so New York their first wave was very bad they got hit very bad and hit hard initially so their second wave especially in New York City was not nearly as dramatic as you saw across the country okay so those places where that first wave was bad they didn't necessarily have that dramatic second they still had a second wave. It just wasn't to the same magnitude as other places.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you're the professional. I'm just, I've been hiding in my house, afraid of the sun for two years. So
0: relatively speaking, compared to New York, the state that I'm in, we almost had roughly the same amount of cases as New York did during the second wave. Okay but they have a significantly higher population than us. I was going to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it it that's just kind of giving you an idea of, yeah, the numbers look worse, but in actuality, you look at per population, so per capita basis. Yeah. That second like, wave was much worse everywhere else.
1: Okay. So
0: you were amongst the first that got vaccinated, right? I was. <laughs> so I was one of the first in our... S- or, I tried to be one of the first in the state to get the hospital or the vaccine. I was working at the hospital where they had got one of the first batches of the Pfizer vaccine. And unfortunately, I was told, since that's not my primary hospital, I couldn't get it. I was very <laughs> disappointed at that. I ended up having to wait another three or so weeks before I got back in the of the office. line, peasant. Back of the line, peasant. <laughs> Which was which was very ironic considering it was worse at my hospital than it was at the hospital <laughs> they were giving them out at. So,
1: <laughs> Oh, you know.
0: man. But I got the first dose. It was, I think it was right before Christmas, early Christmas present. It was... Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it, it was a great sense of relief to know that this was coming and seeing the initial data behind it. We were all, generally speaking, the physicians were very very hopeful at the time that once we got this vaccine program going and once people start getting, we finally get a hold on this virus and we'd be able to come out on the other end. Sure. Um, we saw in our state, very good. That first couple months, people were scrambling to get it. They wanted it um, across the state, a good portion of the plus 65 population ended up getting it. um, Did a very good job. But the first signs that things may not go so smoothly was the staff in the long-term care facilities. And then some of the hospital staff weren't getting the vaccine for one reason or another.
1: That is interesting. I know when the va offered it to me i drove down there and i cried with joy like yeah. in March. <laughs> like oh my god the long nightmare is over but so talk to me more about people not getting the vaccine because you know i just hear the news and see the it's on social media but you've got a front row seat to everything so i'd love to get your perspective on stuff
0: I mean, again, I think it comes back to people don't like being told one. It's people don't like being told what to do. Yeah. Um, I think that's playing a big part of it, but I think Dr. Facebook has taken over a little bit and they're getting their sources or their information from Facebook. It's always like, Oh, I know someone, I know of someone of some knows who knows someone who got the virus and died from the virus or the vaccine. Or I know someone who knows someone who knows someone who got the vaccine and died like three days later. It's like I in it, it, like one. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very frustrating <laughs> to hear that because it's not a direct. You're not hearing these vaccines are very safe. They have you yes. wait 15 minutes for any like allergic reactions to anything. Yes. Um, and then they have you go to. I mean, it's. Like once you have it, like you're going to have a reaction. Once you get it, generally speaking, you're going to feel like garbage sometimes for up to 24 to 48 hours. But after that, you're fine. It it was like being hit by a truck. Oh yeah, I was. (laughs) Yeah, I spent an hour and 45 minutes in a shower. I wasted all the hot water in my house because I could not get warm. I took a bunch of ibuprofen, a bunch of Tylenol. I fell asleep for 10 hours, almost missed a meeting I had to go to. And then I woke up still feeling miserable and then about two o'clock I took a nap woke up an hour later and I was perfectly fine I was ready to hit the day and that was after my second dose sure so I've been fully vaccinated I've been exposed to COVID multiple times since then still have not gotten it good for you Um, the program that I've had we've had one resident who tested positive before they were vaccinated. We have not had a breakthrough case at our residency program or involving anybody, staff, attendings. No one has tested positive with the vaccine. And I know we've all been exposed multiple times to people within our community. So the vaccine, it does work to help prevent infection. Is it 100% effective? No. Part of the problem is, is that there's this big push that to say that the vaccine is 100 percent effective and no vaccine is ever 100 percent effective sure about 10 or so years ago a big um, outbreak of months went around um, the nhl and that's one of the virus that's a virus that most kids are vaccinated when they're very young it's gonna say <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so th- it just shows that no vaccine is 100 percent effective
1: I-, I have a question and correct yeah. me if i'm wrong here I see online a lot of mention of something called VAERS, spelled V-A-E-R-S, maybe. And to my knowledge, it's kind of like Wikipedia for adverse vaccine reactions, right? It's not peer-reviewed. It's not double-checked. Anybody can, you could, you could go on there and say drinking Red Bull has the adverse effect of giving you wings.
0: Am I wrong there? Oh, no, you are 100% correct. It's even worse than Wikipedia. Wikipedia has moderators. (laughs) And they take down, I forget what the average is. It's they take down, if you post something that's completely wrong on a on an article, it comes down very quickly. Um, they control what they put on there. And Vars, you don't even have to be a physician. Like any person in the public could put that on there. So there's, I think Vars needs to change in how they report. I think only licensed physicians and medical practitioners should be able to put that. Yeah, put things into VAERS, I do not think that the public should be putting things into bears. If you're having a reaction to a vaccine, you need to go to a physician and you need mm-hmm. to be evaluated. And you're not willing to do that, then is it really an adverse reaction to a vaccine? Or are you just bored and want attention? Right. I mean, it probably wouldn't be that hard. The internet is the internet and they could probably just crash VAERS if they wanted to. But I mean, are there side effects to vaccines? Yes. Are sure. they to what the internet says they are? No, not at all. Getting COVID is significantly, significantly worse than getting right. the vaccine. Like 2 to 3% of all cases right now are breakthrough cases, which is sure. actually really good. That's pretty good. That's pretty damn good for a vaccine that we kind of developed on the fly. Like yeah. It just shows that the technology, the mRNA vaccine works sure. and it works very well. Mm-hmm. um and then i'm really um, excited for the future of what the
1: mrna technology brings us and oh, it, 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 it seems like a plug-and-play
0: sort of technology it is basically a plug-and-play i think i read an interview um from the moderna ceo guy and he said that they could have a vaccine available for a variant if their vaccine didn't cover for it in six weeks holy shit yeah it's to make a strand of mRNA, it's not; it does not take very long. And once you have that base strand made, to multiply that out is it's incredibly quick. Um, sure. Whereas the old way they make, like the flu vaccine, is why people with an egg allergy they recommended not getting it, but now they do recommend getting it is because they'd actually inject the live flu virus into egg chicken eggs. Huh. And the federal government has a chicken egg supply that they have just in case they need to make a large amount of flu vaccine for a pandemic. Ah, those never happened <laughs> uh, Yeah, never happened. But oh. obviously they had problems. They initially tried to do the COVID vaccine the traditional way sure. they had problems getting, getting it to work that way. And so that's when these kind of these other companies switched the mRNA vaccine, which is incredibly safe despite what facebook would tell you mrna it literally there's a reason why you can't store the vial at room temperature for very long the mrna degrades very rapidly i think inside your body it has minutes before it degrades it's a one-way transfer humans do not have reverse mrna transcriptase which is what puts the an mRNA into your DNA we make proteins from mRNA that's what our body functions to do and that's what happens so the mRNA gets taken up by your immune cells your immune cells um, they produce the spike protein because that's what's encoded on that mRNA spike protein goes onto the surface of the immune cell the and your white blood cells I guess, immune cell your white blood cells come they attach they form They recognize that they form antigens and that's how you form your immunity and you form antibodies in a long stretch of this seven eight o'clock answer that probably could have said that a little more eloquently and i probably messed some things up no 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 i like
1: talking to you because i get to feel smart because i can kind of follow along (laughs) like oh i recognize the big
0: words he's saying yeah most of my podcast is about like facilitating my own ego but yeah, it's that spike protein, it kind of is the antigen, and then the antibody kind of comes and makes a, another receptor that recognizes that antigen, the spike protein. And then so that if you were to get infected with COVID, you, your body would be able to be recognized that COVID is bad and you'd be able to attack it. And you'd be able to mount an immune response to it. And that's why we've been seeing significantly less severe cases of COVID, even if you had the vaccine. Sure. The issue with people who don't have the vaccine, let's say they had COVID before, is that immunity has been shown to wane Yeah, in as quickly as up to three months. Yeah. And that means you can still get severe COVID if you don't have those antibodies. And I know two weeks ago at our hospital, we had 12, or no, we had nine people on ventilators. So they Jeez. were being mechanically ventilated at that point it was nine out of like 20 something, I think. So it was half of our cases were critical or almost roughly half.
1: And like, um, if you get on a ventilator, you're probably not coming off, right?
0: Yeah. It's one of those things where it's very difficult. And we had seen in the first two waves that a smaller percentage of patients were critical. It's just with sure. the Delta. It's more, more patients are more critical. Sure. And, the issue with that is is that you're gonna need a you may need a ventilator and once yeah. you go on a ventilator i forget how many people come off ventilator. it's it's like it's almost a death sentence it's that's like, how it was described is once you go on it's very very few people ever come off the ventilator if you do come off the ventilator it's like
1: one in ten
0: something like that like that's what i read but like you're the guy in the hospital yeah it's very low and there's like very severe lung damage i mean there's people who need lung transplants afterwards and it's they're shoving a
1: tube into your lungs
0: to like so not not into your lungs it actually goes to right in your trachea right about right above the split uh, where you have your your breathing tubes To put it into layman's terms, one goes to the right (laughs) lung and one goes to the left lung. Thank you for keeping it simple for my audience. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. So it's right above the split for that. So you don't actually go into the lungs. The lung damage is caused by the virus itself. And you just have this constant inflammation in people's lungs. They're just trashed. Uh Uh, And that's what ends up causing death is that the lungs just continue to get damaged. And there's nothing we can do for it once it gets to that point. We, we've tried, like, if they probably already put you on the monoclonal antibody treatment, they've given you steroids, they've given you everything they can for it, every pr- kind of treatment that's shown promise for COVID. I have sure. to clarify that because... You are not a horse? I am not a horse. You are not a horse. Um. So... The horse medication, ivermectin, it's been around for a long time. That's their defense. I was like, oh, we've had this medication for a long time. It's like, yeah, but we've been using it in horses and livestock and for parasitic infections in humans. It's never been studied for virus, and you have an issue with the vaccine, but not this. And the one I've seen exactly one decently designed study for ivermectin use which means it was a randomized control trial in very severe and ill covid patients it had no effect on death yeah death rates death rates were the same across both groups It showed no benefits possibly more harm related to benefit especially when it comes to side effects from ivermectin and every other one, every other study had significant problems i know one of them was plagiarized another bad data small sample sizes none of them were blinded they were just very poorly designed. And I think part of this is people just want, they want to medicate. They don't want to take this vaccine because it was, for whatever reason, they just don't want to take it. I have an idea
1: about that actually. Yeah. I've spoken to people and, and they're vaccinated now and, but they resisted for the Mm -hmm. longest time and it was blew my mind. Right. And it was because they're, deeply ensconced in politics yeah and they said basically their political enemies wanted them to get the vaccine right their political enemies were pushing pandemic mitigation efforts and so they didn't want to give in to their political enemies right they looked through everything right. through that two-dimensional prism of politics which in by its very nature is designed to make you not think very much and just kind of follow whatever the people with your particular color Jersey wears. And then when they got the vaccine, I, it was its funny. They spoke to a licensed nurse practitioner, right. Who had been practicing and been working as a nurse practitioner for like something like three decades. And the second they spoke to this nurse, they said, Oh, maybe I should get vaccinated. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I was, Oh, Oh, what a relief that was. And right. And And I think not for everybody, but I think there is a segment of the population that's so ensconced in political tribalism that uh, if their opposing team wants something, well, they're gonna oppose it no matter what right like mm-hmm. if their opposing team says, "Hey, we want health care for all." Well,
0: we don't want that. Why not? You know so about that, I saw there's some someone was passing around a meme that's like the government's passing around a free vaccine so why isn't insulin and free yeah it's like hmm i wonder why insulin isn't free tell me more about why you don't think insulin isn't free i'd love for insulin to be free i think we all would um I, uh, and, and to be
1: clear doctors do not get paid extra for putting covid on death certificates
0: right oh geez um i could go into so we don't get so i'm in primary primary care um sure. We get paid probably a set re- salary. Yeah. I get paid a set salary because I'm a resident, but the way we get reimbursed is it's about level of service. So how, how sick and complex the patients are is that's how we, we bill. We don't get paid for back. Vaccines don't factor into our billing at all. The, federal government does not pay well for vaccines you think we make money that is the most hilarious joke i've ever heard in my entire life is that we make money off of pushing vaccines it's like no we don't we do it so that you don't make us more money in the long term because if you get sick because you have a, you know, some, a preventable disease Mm-hmm. We get paid more because you come and see us more. You think we'd be pushing the opposite, not for you not to getting vac- vaccinated. Because if you think about it, you probably get paid more to
1: treat a critically ill person on a ventilator. later. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm.
0: It's very expensive because well, you require one-to-one. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a nurse with you at all times or kind of watching you. They can't yeah. be taking care of someone else. You have the critical care doctor. You have the respiratory therapist. You have the dietitian. You have all this other ancillary support staff that has to support you. It's very expensive when you think about it Sure. Um, to try and keep someone alive and the cost benefit and now it's just not there um, yeah. to get, I forget. I mean, the government's paying for the vaccine. Like we're not paying for it. And I mean, if you want to go into how these companies are making money off of it, that is a completely different argument that I could maybe get behind the companies are definitely making money. The people giving the vaccines, we don't make the money.
1: I like to keep things as simple as possible. Into where people, when people look for grand conspiracy and malevolent intent, I look for incompetence and disorganization first. Not incompetence on the medical department, but on a more of a governmental wide response. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not singling anybody out. I'm saying like there was no unified response, like we spoke about earlier, and. Um, hmm, I had a thought, but I lost it. <laughs>
0: In my opinion, the response was uh, disorganization just based on incompetence. Like they, they were caught with their pants down. Yeah. Um, that previous administration, they fired the pandemic response team that uh, George Bush made. Actually, he um, that was one of the things that he actually did right and kind of yeah. did very well was that he recognized the importance of hey this could happen this pandemic could happen again he read a book he recognized this and he had that foresight to build a pandemic response team i was like wow i did not know that and and that was gone within the first few years and boy that come back to bite us in the butt
1: that would have been really useful Mm -hmm. um okay bring me up to speed how is what is the state of things on at, at the time of this recording it's the second of september so can you go deeper into what the current state of things are how things are on the ground for you right now what's what's right. life like for you now as a
0: doctor every day i'm right now working in the in urgent care um so we're getting a lot of covid tests a lot of Sorry. COVID tests um i think at The office I'm working or the urgent care I'm working at, we're running at about a 30% ish positivity rate for COVID. Granted, these are the people who are coming in with symptoms, so you'd expect it to be a little higher um than just someone taking who's not having any symptoms and just shoving a swab up their nose and hoping for the best so we are definitely seeing it spread up again we're roughly at the point we're almost or mid november excuse me where we are right now we're beginning yeah. of september that does not bode well so roughly i think we're at the same number of hospitalizations for covid that we were at that time so roughly 30 ish i think so for context you're at 30 what's the
1: at what number do you guys start sending people elsewhere like where, where do you where do you
0: guys cap out at we haven't hit it as far as i'm aware we haven't hit it yet that's good the difference between november and now is that we have i think every hospital in america is experiencing some sort of staffing shortage sure people are getting burnt out by this pandemic yeah, They are really disillusioned with everything. It's very difficult to take care of these COVID patients that are critically ill that aren't going to make it. And it's more death than yeah. we've ever seen some period in modern medicine. This is yeah. not a flu. This is much more severe. Flu does not cause this many hospitalizations. We normally get maybe one or two a week with the flu, Yeah, especially in adult hospital. Peds hospital, completely different. We're seeing one or two admissions maybe per day for this, wow. possibly more. But we are in a just small don't... town hospital too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're just, the nursing staff shortage, I mean, it's for a variety of different factors. I mean, a lot of hospitals where surging, they're hiring these traveling um, nursing agencies. Mm-hmm. They're paying two or three times more than what your typical nurse gets paid. And what that causes is you have two nurses, someone who's been at the hospital for years sitting next to someone who's been there for a few weeks, who's Mm -hmm. getting paid two to three times more. So that nurse who's been there is like, I can make more if I just go and travel for a month or two and I can make two or three months salary and be done with it. Hop on the gravy train. I get Hop on that gravy Mm chain. And that's what they're doing. They're hopping on the gravy train and that's just causing issues for us yeah and i think a lot of these hospitals is they can't get their own staff to stay put that's a whole nother conversation sure but that's difficult i think you're seeing a lot of doctors getting um, burnt out or especially now we're treating something when we had a vaccine for yeah and a lot of what we're seeing is this was a personal choice that someone made and they're suffering the consequences from this and we can't do anything about it and it's frustrating to see that
1: and um, the really the frustrating thing for me and again i'm a civilian i work from home i i'm not even in on the job or anything but is is it's if it was only just affecting them right like right. Uh, that, mm-hmm. like even still that's a selfish choice because if i didn't take a vaccine and got sick i have a wife i have parents i have siblings i have friends right. mm-hmm. you know me dying over something that could be prevented is going to have second and third order effects on all my relationships my profession my everything in terms of personal agency you are the one that decides ultimately because you can't it's not mandated by law however it doesn't just affect you right it's it's the idea that you right. operate in this vacuum is completely inaccurate as a as a civilian because And if I get sick with COVID and I'm unvaccinated, not only does me going down cause drain resources, but I spread a virus about as well, which further causes, and you won't know all this, but I'm just talking. And so I hate that idea where someone says, Oh, it's a personal choice and it just affects me, bro. And I'm like, no, it affects you and everyone around you. And you're hiding in the sand, pretending that if you just say no enough, we can go back to 2019 again, because right. mm-hmm. getting mad at a doctor, getting mad at a governor is a whole lot easier than understanding a virus that's ravaged the planet and no one quite understands yet. Like, it, it keeps evolving and changing, and everyone's just trying to play catch up and keep the plates spinning. Right. I could rant all fucking day.
0: <laughs> I, 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 I totally agree. I could go on a rant, too. I mean, I mean... At some point, what I am fearful of mm-hmm. is that we will reach a capacity of resources in some way, whether that be ventilators, whether that be staffing issues. Sure. And it's going to get to a point where staffing, it could be unsafe. Ventilators, yeah. we just cannot have enough of them. And what happens when we get to them make that decision? Like who gets treated and who doesn't get treated? Yeah. Does it come down to the person? let's say someone comes in for easiest explanation They get t-boned by a semi or something like that they fracture c4 c5 they can't breathe on their own they need a ventilator sure but all the ventilators are taken up by covid patients this this person still alive other than they can't breathe on their own like do they they get the ventilator over a covid patient who wasn't vaccinated or how like those are questions that physicians ethicists they've started to kind of think about uh because there is there most hospitals do have a scarce resource plan they've had i know at the beginning of the pandemic there were protocols yeah to who got vents and who didn't get vents in the case of that they ran out thankfully that didn't happen on the yeah. first go around but we're on what round four um uh, i think it's three Uh
1: <laughs> it feels like
0: round 15. Like you've been yeah, in the it ring. It feels like for, round 15. Yeah. You've been in the mm-hmm. ring
1: with Apollo Creed for 12 rounds or something.
0: Yeah. Um, but I think you pre- started to see in places that are more vaccinated. So yeah. I was just kind of looking at this. So New York yes. State, their virus load, they've actually hit their, what looks like there could be their peak for this wave. And they're, for the past like maybe two weeks, their average caseload, it's starting to level off. Whereas in the state that I live in, and I think the state that you live in, yeah. um, it's still going up like a rocket ship. It, um, it's exponential growth at this point. Yep.
1: It's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and the kids are getting infected. And yep. my wife's school teacher and like half of her school is quarantined right now due to exposure. Mm-hmm. And she's vaccinated and so, right. and they wear masks all day. So, you know, there's
0: that. but Right. And I think some of the governors who have banned mask mandates in school, I, I don't know if this is like, I can't get behind the mindset of banning masks in school. I don't see how that's a thi- like, it's just a piece of cloth. Like yeah. surgeons wear them literally for 12 hours during heart operations without taking it down. They have no problems wearing them. They have yeah. no problems thinking they have no problems performing. They're fine you think if there were problems wearing masks there is I, I basically don't. zero reason not to wear a mask there is no medical condition asthma to say that asthma is copd i mean you can get inside a mask you can put a nasal can if you need oxygen or something like that there sure. is no reason for you not to wear a mask sure if you're anxious about a mask talk to your doctor see if Do you need medication to help you with that? Or you need to go see your therapist to kind of work through that anxiety. But there is no reason not to wear a mask. Like I work from home, so I am by
1: myself most of the time. Yeah. And so I don't wear a mask at the house. But sometimes like if I'm in a place for several hours and I'm like, oh, I've had a mask on for a while. Like, oh, I and I, I do feel a little bit of like, oh, I'm a little anxious. So I'll just step outside for five minutes. And then when I'm kind of better, I just go back in there.
0: (sighs) It's just the amount of people still not getting not wanting the vaccine i mean when i ask people if they want want to get the vaccine or not what the response i get is they either get a defiant no and they just get kind of get really defensive they curl up obviously yeah. tell they're not open for it or i get the eyes dart to the cor- bottom corner of the room and they avoid eye contact with me and they say no in a very meek voice sure that's kind of the the two different things and both of them i like kind of ask if there are any questions can i leave me can i talk to you about the vaccine at all And they're just like
1: no yeah
0: and it's it's getting to the point where kind of it's important to validate these people's views that yes like i understand that you have this mistrust how can i alleviate this mistrust because recognizing that their feelings are very real they're mm-hmm. Part of kind of the rise of this kind of division that we've been in is this um, feeling within a certain segment of the population that their voices aren't being heard. Yeah. That they're being ignored for one reason or the other. Yeah. And you have to make sure that you acknowledge that they are being heard and that the concerns are being heard and they're not founded in science. Mm -hmm. And the people that are pushing these concerns are pushing them for their own benefit. All these hacks on Twitter, Facebook, like the really public figures, the ones that aren't afraid to hide by an anon- behind an anonymous account, they sure. have something to gain sure. from pushing this narrative. They gain more power. They get more money for their show. Mm-hmm. They get more advertising dollars. They get more speaking revenue because they're invited to more things because they're pushing this view. Sure. But in actuality, it's harming their audience because their audience is the one who... being affected by the virus they're the ones who are getting intubated they're the ones dying and the biggest conspiracy would be if um the one side was telling people not to get vaccinated because then they die and then there's less of them to vote yeah i mean that's what it comes down to that would be the conspiracy but it's the exact opposite they want them to stay alive they want them to be able to continue to participate in society but and there's a lot of people too, and I
1: I am guilty of this as well due to my frustrations with just the length of the pandemic. Like, I mean, it's nothing compared to yours because you're in the hospital every day. But just kind of as a general civilian, like, you know, you wake up and you're like, Oh, it's day five hundred and seventy-three of March twenty twenty. And you know. Right. And it just kind of like, you know, keeps going. And there's The numbers show that it's the unvaccinated people that are dying.
0: And they're the ones who are continuing this pandemic. It is the the pandemic of the unvaccinated.
1: Yes. Full stop. Exactly. And there's also a segment of the population. And again, I'm guilty of this as well. That have not spoken about them. And like you just said, they have not addressed their concerns with any sort of empathy or grace or anything it was more like there are people that have talked down to them right and Mm -hmm. and and again i'm guilty of sin of this myself it is important to talk to them and not that and you won't reach everybody there are some people that their heels are so dug in deep but there are some that you can Like the person I told you about earlier who got vaccinated, that he spoke to a nurse practitioner that he trusts. And then she talked him into it. I don't know what she said, but I kind of want to bake her a cake. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, do you, do you need one of my kidneys? I've got two, but, but yeah, I I think
0: we can probably end there. So I do want to end on this real fast. Please do. So uh, my state that I, I practice medicine in, they have a dashboard and okay. this dashboard is very, very convenient. It has it breaks down cases since January first, twenty twenty one. Okay, cases who been hospitalizations not fully vaccinated versus fully vaccinated, and deaths not fully vaccinated and fully vaccinated. Okay, two percent, two, two roughly two percent of the hospitalizations in this state involved um, patients who have been fully vaccinated percent, 98% yeah. of people coming into the hospital with COVID-19 are not fully vaccinated. Yeah. And of the people who have died, hold on, I got to do this math. This math is hard. <laughs> I can get you a pretty good answer here too. I get it. College was a while ago. <laughs> I know. I, d- I didn't go to school for math. <laughs> 1% yeah, 1% of patients who have died of COVID-19 have been fully vaccinated. Yeah. 1%. I think that tells you everything you need to know about the vaccine. That tells you everything you need to know about the vaccine. This is medically reportable deaths attributed to COVID-19. Yeah. And it is it is less than 100 people in the state I live in. Yeah. Less than 100. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's is similar multiple, all across America, Midwest. Like Multiple thousands, 7,000 patients who have died not fully vaccinated, and that number will grow. Because the data is about a week old at this point and that number will continue to rise that bottom number is not going to rise all that much sure it's it's get vaccinated i can't recommend that enough go talk to a trusted physician someone you trust to talk about this vaccine it is safe and if you have any questions please 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 talk to someone all right
1: i think we can end there Dr. Matt, thank you for your service to the nation. Thank you for holding the line during the pandemic. Thank you for saving lives and doing what you can.
0: Well, thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you for your service.
1: Oh, I was a a 19-year-old pothead. Mom told me to get out, so I went to (laughs) Iraq instead.